Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the astrological sign of Leo. Today's show will focus on Virgo. Myth and Tarot Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, stars, and symbols, and all of the above. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I'm Biddy, your resident classicist. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Hope you had a good Leo. A, a good Leo. <laughs> uh, hope there, hopefully there were some stories to be had. Yes. It was qu- quite intense over here. Yeah. Well, uh, Mercury went direct and then like, whoosh, all this stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> All at once. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that happened for, for you guys. I know definitely for myself, as soon as it went out of retrograde, everything moved very quickly. Including people. Yes. We have like several friends who just like found houses. Yeah. And... Including me. Yeah. Like, exactly. I, so, <laughs> so we're recording in a new space new today. New location. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lots of motion happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of motion. Good and bad. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so Virgo actually is mercury driven as well um although it's kind of a fun story so if you remember uh we we talked about gemini and gemini is ruled by mercury well turns out there uh aren't enough planets for all of the signs even though we are using the sun and the moon um and also pluto we'll talk about that in scorpio mm. every scorpio still believes pluto's a planet yeah i still t- think <laughs> When you grow up with it being a planet, like yeah, it's a you're, planet. You're like, how can you just change this? Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, yeah, so Virgo shares Mercury with Gemini. And if you remember, Mercury is a very anxious type of energy about it. It's, it's constantly moving. There's a lot of motion happening. And when it's expressed in Gemini, that becomes kind of like a nervous chatter kind of uh, energy so you got so Gemini is the sign of communication air sign when you have that energy in an earth sign Virgo um, well then you have this kind of busybody type of person who always has something on the go who always is doing uh, a million projects but also has a racing mind and the thing about Virgo is um, they tend to have this like lots of lots of conversations happening in their head but it's not always possible for the virgo to express everything that's happening in their head so they have kind of this stereotype of being that like racing mind introvert um which is true for some but there's something about virgos where i've met a lot of in particular virgo women who don't seem to have a filter <laughs> and they just kind of start t- explaining everything that's going on in their mind. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm lucky and they feel comfortable around me, right? Maybe. I feel <laughs> the same way. I was just um, Your mom, saying that my yeah. mom is a Virgo yeah. and this is definitely the case to the point of I don't really notice it anymore or I just joke with her when she says something that's very <laughs> blatantly like rude, <laughs> but she doesn't mean it that way. It's yeah. just what comes out of her mouth. It's, and <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I think of some good friends of mine who are Virgos and, mm-hmm. like, 
they just blurt it out yeah. and you know it's almost like that foot and mouth um sagittarian that, that's energy. what it is it's more of that I, I'm not rude <laughs> rude i feel is too strong of a word it's i don't just... think a virgo would ever want to be rude no no, no definitely not <laughs> and it's it's very counter the like the stereotypical virgo um but i also find that like many of the male virgos i know are very much that stereotype of like calm collected everything together but i've also met a few uh women virgos that way as well mm-hmm. then again i've also met one male virgo who had that lack of filter so i think that you know every virgo does have that like continuous mind chatter but i think some virgos are actually able to communicate that maybe it depends where their mercury is and that's their what chart. i was just gonna say like it probably yeah. depends on the other like aspects of yes their, of their chart and the Mercury would be especially um, prominent and an important part to the Virgo in their chart as well, because Virgo is ruled by Mercury, mm-hmm. right? Um, actually, I remember reading once that Virgo has a secret planet that was not discovered yet. <laughs> and uh, until its discovery, it has to share Mercury with Gemini. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I got that from, but I really like that story. <laughs> and I like that idea that perhaps Virgo is very misunderstood. <laughs> and that's why. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about Virgo being an earth sign. Uh, Virgo is also a mutable earth sign. It is the final sign of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Sad. Yeah. <laughs> Sad, but also it has a lot of this energy of the harvest and uh, delicious food coming around and health is a big part of the Virgo lifestyle. Um, Virgos very much care about living an ideal lifestyle mm-hmm. um one of the <laughs> main themes so where leo the main theme was the self and learning to love the self virgo's main theme is perfection um, and creating order out of chaos right um, so the way that virgo normally goes about doing this is they will have a lot of projects they're always going they're always doing something um, and they tend to be very creative, um, particularly with their space, like with uh, physical things and uh, constantly trying to beautify their environment. So maybe they'll be moving the furniture constantly. Or, or just, yeah, again, <laughs> my mom does this all the time. Yeah. Or just moves houses constantly. Yeah, or just moving new spaces, new environments. Um, but it could also be exploring new worlds, right? So um, a lot of Virgos are known to be uh, are known to have a love of reading as well. Mm. And I think this this plays off of this idea of having a very rich mind. Um, and so here's another thing about Virgos is um, there's a stereotype of Virgos being, like I said before, the, um, the big-minded introvert, right? But they also can't resist helping others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, uh, if you ever want to manipulate a Virgo, just ask them for help. It's the easiest, they're probably the easiest sign to get to help you. <laughs> I don't need to manipulate, just ask. <laughs> <laughs> Manipulate's a hard word, yeah. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, so you've got this this mentality that they are constantly wanting to serve others. And uh, really, if you ask a Virgo for help, it's they can't even resist it. Um, unless they're they're going for a new project of like no I must I must say no to people mm-hmm. right which is probably for the best for <laughs> some Virgos out there who probably give too much of themselves um, yeah so you've got this idea of creating order out of chaos uh, that could also be a matter of trying to organize 
their thoughts and their ideas. And a lot of Virgos might be excellent writers. Um, also, Virgos tend to have a really quick wit about them. And I, I also will blame Mercury for that. Uh, having, I think it's because they're able to, like, it's like their head just runs a little faster than the average person. And so they're able to kind of jump to um, new conclusions and make little uh, wordplay. And it they'll come up with some really funny um, comebacks. <laughs> yeah, so you've got uh, a lot of these things. Virgo is has the symbol of the Virgin. And I wonder if that has to do with kind of this innocence that they tend to portray. But uh, obviously, being a virgin is not a necessity for a Virgo. <laughs> I have a, so my grandfather was a Virgo, and he's like, I have seven kids. I'm not a virgin. <laughs> um, so he was kind of um, he didn't like kind of that stereotype of being a Virgo. Then I don't know or what it not is stereotype, but uh, I hmm. think it was another time, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe he saw the feminine um, aspects of Virgo as being insulting to his masculinity oh if you think of him as a virgin then he's more effeminate yeah which i say is toxic masculinity yes. you should be proud of whoever you are wherever you are <laughs> with whomever you with are. who uh, yeah with whoever you are even if it's alone yep especially if it's alone <laughs> yeah um so the virgin uh in the stars you mentioned that there were a couple of people that could could represent this sign. Yeah, that's the thing with, with Virgo. There's a few, um, and they're kind of interchangeable a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So there's actually three that I came across. One very brief, and I've never heard of them before, was Astarte, I believe. Um, Starte? Astarte? Oh, I'm saying that wrong. But <laughs> I didn't even write it down because it was like one... It was, oh, it was like, a one-off. This one is off, a very obscure. It was like this is yeah, this is a little yeah. weird, and I couldn't find nothing else on them. And then I, um, but she was a, a goddess of justice. But then I also saw um, Virgo being associated with DK, who is also the goddess of justice. So I thought, okay, maybe there's something there. You've got a sense of right and wrong, and mm-hmm, exactly yeah, righteousness. Um, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that that could be one to talk about, but. We talked about DK in the Justice episode. We did, so. yeah. I think she was perfect for that episode. Exactly. So I think that was episode 13 or so. Definitely yeah. in the Major Arcana. In so the Major Arcana. If you want to learn more about her, go death. back to that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, Justice is 11. 11. Okay, why did I think they're... Oh, okay. Anyways, one of the Oh, number ones. 11, but episode 12. So. Oh, okay, there yeah, we go. Okay. That might yeah, be we're good. what it was. Because there's zero. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, so there's that. Also, she is associated, or not she, just Virgo in general, mm-hmm. with um, Penelope. No, not Penelope. Oh, my goodness. Persephone. Persephone. Yeah. Too many P's. Too many P's. Persephone. Yeah. Well, there's like this real uh, symbolism of the virgin goddess, right? It's- yeah, which is why I thought... Again, without looking into it further at first, yeah. I'm like, okay, virgin goddess, then it'll have to be either Athena, Artemis, or um, Hestia. Hestia. So I'm I like, because those are the yeah. three virgin deities. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll be one of them. And then I look it up and it's like, no. 
<laughs> not even close. Not so even. Like, it's oh. Persephone. It's Persephone, which, I mean, she is a maiden, mm-hmm. um, at least in the beginning of her myths. Another name for her is Kore, which is just, it's ancient Greek for maiden. Um, and in the Homeric Hymn to Demeter that I'll talk a little bit more about, she is referred to as Kore in some of it. So she's not even called by name, which I think is kind of interesting. Mm. Like, did her name change? She's just referred to as both. Uh, Persephone and Corey. Uh Her name kind of changes almost. I'll need to look back at the myth, but I'm pretty sure it's once she's married or once she's in the underworld, yeah. she's then referred to as Persephone. Sometimes oh. she's even referred to as just Demeter's daughter or just Corey. Like she's not even given almost like an identity until this has happened to her. Interesting. So it's like her story became part of her identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just maybe like her title her change in title or change in status because mm-hmm. she was a maiden as a quarry, which means she wasn't um, married. She wasn't yeah. a wife. And once she stopped being a maiden, she needed a new name. Exactly, yeah. Okay. The Greeks saw, I feel like I've talked about this before, but that um, women especially had kind of three stages in life. You were a maiden, then you were a matron, and then you were a crone. Oh, cool. Yeah. I can't wait for my crone years. Which is <laughs> <laughs> basically you get into your crone years once you're not finished being a mother. You're never done being a mother. But once your, ch- your child gets married or has a child of their own, that's when you move into that kind of crone phase. Which, again, this Homeric hymn um, to Demeter is what we see. It's, it's a major theme in that one because we have Demeter going from you know, matron to crone and Persephone moving from maiden to matron. Oh, how did Demeter feel about becoming a crone? Not well, not good. (laughs) She did not take it very well. She caused a famine. Oh, dear. Yeah, she was kind of um, upset. (laughs) I've heard of having a midlife crisis, but I I really enjoy the idea of having a crone crisis. That could happen. (laughs) Also went through, you know, a quarter life crisis. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Um, That's something we haven't talked about either. What is that called? Um, It's about, it happens about 27, between 25 Mm -hmm. and 30. Oh, the uh, return of Saturn your return. Saturn. That's yes, it. this is my Saturn return year. It actually. is. Yeah. Um, I maybe we'll we'll say that for a future one. <laughs> maybe. Uh, in a nutshell, I tend to think of it as the get your shit together year. <laughs> yeah, I see it as the quarter life crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll that'll happen again because it can technically happen anywhere between twenty five and twenty nine. Yeah. And for everyone, it's a bit different. There is definitely, I notice that happens a lot mm-hmm. with people. It's like, oh, I'm turning 30. Everyone panic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Every, yeah. I didn't, I 25, but I went through a big <laughs> life changing events. Yeah. Well, 30 was fine. Nothing happened. <laughs> 30, we're like, ah. Nothing compares to that. No, happened no exactly. Nothing compares. And I feel like it's yeah. one of those, you'll know when you go through it. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll feel the panic and the dread. And if you never go through it, even better. Yeah, <laughs> congrats. That is amazing. Yeah, if, if I don't know if I've ever met someone who feels like they have they their haven't. shit together all the time. <laughs> no, no. And that's the idea. Like, we go through several Saturn returns. That's why we have that whole, like, midlife crisis. 
Yeah. It's it's the second Saturn return. Oh man, we gotta talk about this. Anyways, yes. Definitely okay. at least during by Capricorn when sure. Capricorn uh, rules Saturn. Oh there we go. So or Saturn rules Capricorn. They're connected. It's a thing. They're connected. We'll we'll come back to that <laughs> then. But I can go into more Persephone's yeah, story. Yeah, please then. tell us the story. Um so uh, yeah, so Persephone, I don't think I said this yet, is an agricultural goddess and is the goddess of spring. Um, mentioned that she is referred to as Corey. Um and yeah, she doesn't, she's a maiden until she marries Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main myth about her and her marriage to Hades, uh, we see in the Homeric hymn to Demeter. At the beginning of this hymn, Hades asks um, Zeus's father, Pers- Zeus's, Zeus's father. Persephone's cool. father, Zeus. I can get this together, I promise, guys. <laughs> Zeus, who is Persephone's father, for her hand in marriage. Um not only is does Hades ask Zeus, who is the proper person as the father, he also yeah. asks um, her grandmother, Gaia, or Earth, also we've talked about her, um, for this marriage, and she is definitely happy about it. Well, Gaia is all about, yeah, reproduce. Yeah, fertility, make all the babies. <laughs> yes, this is good. Doesn't matter that, you know, you're her uncle. It, it's fine. I feel like I feel like some of us can relate to having this kind of grandmother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, babies, get married. Um, so yeah, so she's all for the marriage and actually helps um, Hades to find her. Um, so the main people that are left out of this discussion, as you might have been able to tell by now, yep. are Persephone herself and Demeter, her mother. You think that those would be like the two most important you people to include in this conversation. Um, yeah, and it was customary actually in ancient Greek culture for the parents, both the father and the mother, to arrange uh, the marriage for their children. Mm-hmm. Um, in this story, again, Demeter is not involved, mostly because the other parties, being Zeus and Hades, knew that she would not react to this well, and yeah. that is why they kind of left her out of this discussion. Um, so one day, uh, Persephone is out kind of playing, frolicking in the fields with her girlfriends, picking some flowers, Nice, um, which is basically a symbol that they are ready for marriage. Oh. And they're of marriageable age, which is why, I like, you know... They're, they've bloomed. They've, they've bloomed. And I like, yeah. you know, in, in modern society, you know, we still, when we get married, we're holding flowers in our hands. <gasps> and flower girls, you know, have all the petals and whatnot. That's from this story? Yeah. Not Maybe not from this story, but from this idea and this tradition. I just thought it was because, like, in ancient times, we smelled bad. So no. we needed flowers no, to no. overcome they the smell. They wash, they bathe, they didn't smell that bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, so out picking flowers, and she bends down um, to pick up a narcissus flower, and which is a special flower that Gaia grew especially for Hades to know that that's where Persephone would be. Oh. Um, almost like a homing beacon. <laughs> yeah, so she picks up the special flower. And yeah, it's like... exactly. So she picks a special flower, and all of a sudden the earth kind of just opens up, and out comes Hades in his chariot, and he kind of snatches Persephone to bring her to the underworld. Wow. So sometimes in modern... In modern culture, this is referred to as the rape of Persephone, hmm. um, which is definitely, I would say, a, a misnomer and a bad translation. Um, rapio, um, with an io at the end, in Latin means to snatch or to grab. Okay, so it's more like the kidnapping of Exactly. Persephone. Still not good. Not good, but, but not the right translation. Even, even kidnapping denotes that it's done against you know, the parents knowing and against yeah. her will, which is not... 
really the case. Again, mm-hmm. the parents know, or well, a parent in this one of, instance. One of the parents knows where she's going. Um, she does scream a little bit, um, but... I think I, I mean, would too. Exactly. Someone just comes and grabs you. You're going to be a little um, shooken up. But it doesn't, again, rapio doesn't have kind of that same violent or sexual meaning that we attribute to it. Mm. Um, it's more, again, snatching, grabbing, that sort of thing. It still doesn't really translate well to modern times with well, lack of her knowing. Yes. Yeah. No. No. That that does yeah. not. She should have known. But hard to also tell her because she was always with her mother and right. that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so once Persephone is in the underworld, uh, Hades, Hades basically promises her, not the world, but the underworld, so, yeah. you know, tells her that she's going to be respected, she's going to be worshipped just like a queen, um, she's going to have all of these honors given to her, and as someone who's basically just known as the maiden, as, you know, Demeter's daughter, this is quite appealing. I right. mean, yes, she's in the underworld, but she's a queen and has all this respect. So, so she gets swayed by the power of it? She does, but also Hades, out of, you know, the three brothers, so he is the brother of Zeus and Poseidon, he is mm-hmm. kind of the nicest of them all. He is the most <laughs> respectful, you know, he didn't just take her um, as Poseidon would or, you know, turn into an animal as and, Zeus would. <laughs> and be completely, like... Was he unfaithful, though, like the way Zeus was? No. No, he was. That's what I mean. Like, he's actually not a horrible god. Not a horrible husband god. Yeah. She she could have gotten way worse. Um, So, again, she was seemingly happy and content with this arrangement. Um, Her mother, on the other hand, took this (laughs) quite poorly. And due to a series of events, like I had mentioned with the famine, there are others, um, Zeus uh, sent his herald Hermes to the underworld to retrieve Persephone. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's bring her back. Um, but just before <laughs> Everyone's she... Everyone's going to die. <laughs> let's bring her back. Yeah, we're, this is not good. It's of the famine. Mm-hmm. So, um, but just before she was about to ascend, um, Hades gave her a pomegranate seed to eat, which she did. Um, but because she ate something in the underworld, she could not live among the immortal gods on Mount Olympus all the time. Instead, she had to split her time uh, to be with Hades for one third of the year, which we would you know, essentially represent winter, right. and two thirds of the year with her mother, uh, representing spring and summer. So that's basically the main myth that we have with Persephone. We have some others where, you know, some heroes came to the underworld to try to marry her and grab her from Hades it did not go well for them (laughs) she was happy there when she was there and then she was happy with her mother and the other Olympian gods and she was with them so that's why she's kind of represents agriculture um, in that sense because before it was always spring um, but now after this there are actually like the full seasons hmm I, I like the way you tell the story because it does bring to mind this question of like how much agency did Persephone actually have over her life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the thing with the pomegranate seed, especially, uh, people question whether she has agency or not. Mm-hmm. Um, like, was it snuck into wi- exactly? Or, like, did she sneakily? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did he, you know, did he just like put it in her mouth, or did he yeah. give it to her? Did she know when she ate it what it what its implications the were? Yeah. Um, when she did come um, back up, the first thing that Demeter said was, "Did you eat anything?" Mm-hmm. So she knew right. Demeter knew right away that what would happen if she did. So that does beg the question: Does did Persephone know or not? Persephone 
essentially lies and says, or she says that she did, but that Hades made her do it. But there's really no indication that that's the case, Um, again, in the hymn itself. So it seems, you know, so it's like, well, is she lying to her mother? Yeah. Or is she she telling the truth to her mother? Yeah. So it it is, it's hard to say how much. A lot of questions remain. Yes. Yeah. About who who this Persephone woman Mm -hmm. was. Up to interpretation, I think. And I think that's okay with stories. Yeah. Um, Another story. Current story, uh, not current story. Mm-hmm. One that has to do with what we're talking about. Modern, um, mo- modern. It's take. a modern, yeah. It's a modern myth about um, Persephone that you actually told me about. So I was going to mention it. If that is, okay. yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you told me about an online comic called Lore Olympus, right? And it's also the story of Persephone and Hades, exactly. Yeah. And it seems like it's more like a modern retelling of the story. I haven't gotten all the way through it yet but i want to keep reading it and i really like it and enjoy it that's a good sign yeah Mm -hmm. it's a it's a romance which is my favorite (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. best genre um (laughs) yeah so it's a it's a romance telling of the story and uh i they just make you fall in love with all the characters um which which are a lot of the gods and goddesses that exactly. we talked about. And yeah. So, yeah. And there's, well, like, I find that I'll, I'll read it and I remember things that you've told me, Biddy. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, this is why they did this. And I'll see, like, little subtle, yeah, subtle artistic um, endeavors that I probably would not have caught if we hadn't, uh, you know, undertaken Myth Terrible Love <laughs> together. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, do you have a spread for us I today? I do have another spread for us. So Virgo, uh, the symbol of Virgo is an M with a little loopy, <laughs> a little loopy on the end, um, which was a little challenging, actually, to turn into a spread this this time. But um, I wanted to capture um, Virgo's um, ability to just undertake mul- like multiple projects and see them through. And also I wanted to capture that essence of like perfection versus... Um, utility and chaos versus order right so the Virg so I call this the Virgo project spread (laughs) right Um, so your first card is the task at hand Um, your second card is a source of chaos the third one represents how you fit into the project and the fourth one is how the community uh, fits into the project because Virgo once again is a is a sign of servitude um, and loves to help others. So um, oftentimes their projects will involve other people as well. It's kind of a weird, so just a side note, kind of fun, funny that uh, Virgos love to work alone, but they often work for others. Hmm. It's kind of an mm-hmm. interesting dynamic there. Um, the fifth card is sources of inspiration. Um, just in case you're, you're feeling stuck, your sixth card is your tools and skills at hand. And then uh, the seventh and the eighth card go together, and it's not really telling you how it's going to turn out. It's just going to give you a best case and a worst case scenario, and you can get kind of an idea of of how your project's going to fit within that parameter. Mm -hmm. So you have a worst case scenario, which is card number seven, and a best case scenario, which is card number eight. And if you're a Virgo, you're constantly thinking about those two things anyways. (laughs) 
That's yeah. great. No, I, yeah. I like that. I like having, the, especially having the best case as the last card. <laughs> yeah. I, I like ending things on a positive note. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just romantic. <laughs> no, I think that it's a positive thing to do, so oh, it's yay. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, interesting thing about the, the Virgo symbol is it looks very similar to the Scorpio symbol. Mm-hmm. The Virgo symbol is an M with the swirly, uh, and the Scorpio symbol is an M with an arrow on the end. So, is there a reason? Do you know why they're so similar? Is that just how they are, like in the stars, kind of thing? Uh, they're not like that in the stars. I think I don't actually know where why where those symbols come from. Um, the arrow, like I, whenever I see the swirly, I think of it as being kind of a, a feminine sign, and I see the Scorpio with the arrow as like the the stinger tail of the scorpion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe this the swirly is like the bountiful harvest. <laughs> like I'm not entirely sure what it's what it represents. Those are just the images that that it creates in my own head. <laughs> yeah. Um, but lots of lots of cool people out there are Virgos, mm-hmm. and one of them is Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, like, can you really? Are you really that surprised? Virgo is all about perfection, right? <laughs> uh, but Beyonce actually does say something about perfection as well. Uh, she says, if everything was perfect, you would never learn and you would never grow. Hmm. Myth and tarot. Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories stars and symbols and all of the 